we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to another episode of a Purely Arsenal sit-down podcast with my regular Neil Shah. How are you? I'm all right, Jack. Not bad. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Very good after that uh, result. Obviously, we ended the international break with a fantastic... Well, probably going to talk about that Man United game every day for about a week, to be honest. I, I was quite happy in a way the international break was there because it gave me time to really soak up all the... Order. So it was just a fantastic game to be a part of, wasn't it? Whether, no matter how far away you were, I just thought it was awesome. So, but we come back. We knew we hadn't won at Everton in six years. I think this was our sixth year going yeah. back years before this. So to get the win there, one 0 win, we're going to discuss away at Everton. Uh, Trotten over, do Deitch over is that's what <laughs> we're talking about here. And um, we're going to talk. It wasn't a classic. Wasn't a classic at all. But there's some big talking points still because a lot. I feel like a lot. Of little things happen in the game, but in the end, just a fantastic to, to get three points again in what is a really big week for Arsenal. So there's a lot to come in this week. Champions League starts, and then obviously the North London derby, which we'll all get into um, in due course. But first point, first topic, Neil, lineup, change of goalkeeper. What were your thoughts when you when you saw that? And uh, what are your thoughts? Just um, we can touch a bit more on Rare's performance in a little bit. What were your thoughts on when you saw that? Saw that because I almost missed the Ramsdale bit because I didn't even look at the goalkeeper. Um, and what were your thoughts on Arteta's comments afterwards? He kind of said stuff that was like about oh, you know, the ability to be able to rotate. He even mentioned that he, he would love to be able to sub a goalkeeper last year, but he didn't feel he had the courage to do it. I wonder what you thought about those comments as well as you know what it means. I uh, I actually wasn't surprised. I think it was on the Microsoft uh, I, I kind of posted a question at the end of it, and I said, um, how would you feel if you switched to Raya uh, uh, this weekend? And then he went back to Ramsdale on Wednesday for PSV because obviously he's played the internationals, and they were like, oh, didn't think of that, and it's possible. So it, we kind of touched on it, so I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, I know that you were saying at the beginning, well, right, ever since we signed him, uh, right from the moment we signed him, you thought you could see him starting potentially in September, yeah. and obviously that's exactly what's what's come yeah. through. Come and so I, I wasn't surprised. I thought it was a good opportunity opportunity for Arteta to do that, considering. And he would say that you know he could potentially say to the press he didn't say it as it happens, but he could have said that. Well, you know, Ramsdale's come off his national duty. I thought it was a good chance to to try rare out, and uh, I, I, it just wasn't a surprise to me. It really wasn't. Um, just just touching on the others, I wasn't surprised to see Vieira start. I thought it was a good chance for him to finally sub Habits and maybe play him that way instead because I thought he was there was too much pressure on him. There was he was too much in the limelight and all this negativity about him. I thought that's going to do more harm than good to the player. Um, and I was surprised to see um, uh, Eddie continue to maintain his place, but with Eddie, uh, sorry, with Jesus coming on as a sub. So for me. Everything was. I, I actually thought that's a really good lineup. I thought it's one of your strongest lineups that you can have. You've got all the the defenders where you want them, uh, and all this inverted stuff. Um, obviously, there was a uh, you know 
party is, is, is injured or something, isn't he, at the moment? Um, so weeks. I, I, yeah, so there you go. So it's like, you know, we're already, I mean, you were saying off, offline, look how many injuries already, and we're only in the, into our fifth game. And it's the difference is we've now got the ability to replace uh, and, and add because we've got that depth without losing too much quality, I, I feel. Um, so as far as the, the, the lineups and said, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. As for Arteta's comments, I think it's a strange one to say that oh, it would be nice to sub, to sub the goalkeeper. It's not a, not a thing that most, well, hardly anyone does these days or has ever done. But I think he's probably just saying that as artillery, artillery for him to back up his decision, I think. Um, I think that, it, as you've said again, just repeating myself, there was always, it was always a matter of when, not if, Raya was going to start. It's too good a goalkeeper not to start. We all know that he's signed permanently. It's not, loan is just a, an interim thing. It, it, you wouldn't do all of that press stuff and all that media hype that we had with him if it was just a loan. It, it wouldn't make any sense. So I think it was just a matter of time. Um, and I thought this was a great opportunity because Ramsos has come off international duty. So it was all perfect. So I think that's just him saying it to say something without making him sound, I don't know. I, to be honest, I just found that really weird. So I really wanted to sub goalkeeper. But, you know, as it happens, I think, you know, most great teams have never had two, two quality goalkeepers. I don't see why we can't break the norm in that as long as we keep both happy. There's plenty of games at the moment to be able to do that. It would just be interesting to see what he does with PSV now. Um, that would be quite telling. But that's how I saw it anyway, Jack. I thought I wasn't surprised, and I thought it was a great lineup. To be fair, yeah, I really like the lineup. And yeah, like you, I, I thought Raya was coming in for a while. I felt he had enough. You know, I felt there was a, a long-term reasoning behind it. Time will tell whether this can be a long-term thing. I find it difficult to believe it can be more than a one-year thing. But I think someone mentioned to me earlier that you know Brighton are, are rotating their goalkeepers at the moment this season. You know, they don't know who's going to start each game. So it's not necessarily, you know, not being done elsewhere, though it is pretty rare, like you said, um, to see it, or certainly to see it in the long term. Um, I just wonder what you think about... Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on, on the Wednesday. I mean, if, he, if, if Ramsdale doesn't start on Wednesday, I think the writing's on the wall there. Because, um, basically, I find it difficult after this performance, although we didn't have a lot to do. I thought it was so assured. I felt it was so calm at the back. I think it was our best offensive display this season, personally. We can say, you have to take into account Everton or a poor side, but us at Everton, at Goodison Park, against the gravel drinker, like all of that put into play, I think you have to give him, as well as everyone else, the back four and everyone else, some credit there for handling the, you know, the, the set pieces well, um, you know, being really good with the ball with their feet, I thought he was very comfortable there. I thought he was very good at set pieces, although there wasn't too many. But when it did come in, it looked like he... I was trying to watch it and think, what would Ramsdale do? But I did watch it thinking, I think he's claiming a lot more. I think he's coming for a lot more. And I wonder in games like that, I don't necessarily have the data to back it up, but I just wonder in games like that, that's so calm, whether Ramsdale gets involved a little bit more, maybe. Like you know, to the point where you start to feel a little bit unrest and unease because it was so comfortable in the back, wasn't it? And, um, yeah, I think uh, there's a chance, like you, it gives Ramsdale the Champions League group stage, you know, because he got us there, didn't he? Um, so I, I think maybe maybe that, but I struggle to see how we, how we won't start next weekend at this point, but could be wrong. You know, it's London Derby, 
Ramsdale's obviously played in plenty of them. Um, but it seemed like David Ray knew his whole family were in the stands. Um, obviously, I, mean, I don't know when he announced the team. I don't think he announced it too early, but but it, it seems like something was, they were very aware because you know his whole family were in the stands and stuff like that, which was nice to see. And I thought I thought it was just a. See, you remember people used to say your back four will tell you if they trust your goalkeeper, and I thought they told us they really trusted it because when he claimed everything, they go out of the way. Um, they're constantly playing the ball to him comfortably. Not that they don't with Ramsdale, I'm just judging Ray's first performance. I don't think it's a ton to go on. But it was the least chance we've conceded all season. We, don't, we haven't conceded a lot anyway, but it was definitely the least we've given away. So that was really interesting. I thought, um, yeah, I like you. I, I, I saw it coming. Maybe it was tactical. Maybe he saw that, you know, Everton do like to pump the ball long and you know, we they know Reyes better from crosses, a lot of the data points to that, even though he's slightly shorter. Maybe, maybe. So let's see. Let's see what time will tell. But great um, dilemma to have in it. Really, really good dilemma to have. Um, what were your thoughts on, just before we get into the game, obviously the other one was Vieira. Um, what were your thoughts? Because some like mixed reviews. I, I liked him in this game. I felt he's a little bit wasteful in front of goal, but I felt in terms of his ability on the ball and how involved he was, um, you know, like we felt like the games have passed Habits by recently. And I also thought it was really interesting to see him attack their physicality in a different way, almost with, with just having excessive te- technical ability in the midfield rather than going toe-to-toe with them and going, oh, we're going to bully you and out, you know, go with a physical battle. I, that's why I thought Jorginho was going to start in this game, but he didn't do that. He, he started Vieira. But what were your thoughts on Vieira? Yeah, good. Uh, I, 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 exactly as you said it, I think the only, the only negative was his finishing. Other than that, everything else was was fine. Um, hopefully, this finishing will come. Do you remember when um, we used to say that about Odegaard that he can be quite wasteful in front of goal, which is a shame because he's really good good shot on him because he used to show it in fleeing. Well, it was fleeting, wasn't he? He would see it one and once in a while. And we thought, why can't he do that more often? And I think well, that will come with Vieira. I, I really do believe that. I mean, we know that he's scored a couple of goals here and there, and they've been good ones. And, and I just think it's just a matter of time. Uh, I felt with him in the team uh, and excluding Abbott's, I just felt the team looked a lot more fluid, uh, especially when it came to anything uh, attack-minded. And I felt that the team, like you were just talking about how comfortable the defence were with Raya there, which, is, which I completely agree. I felt that going forward, we looked a lot more comfortable. We just looked a little bit more like our old selves last season when we were doing really well. It just looked a lot more balanced and together. Uh, it's difficult to do that against Everton because you know how they set up. We know they're very, they're very physical. You know, um, although they probably weren't as much as I was expecting as they were last you know, last time we were at Goodison earlier earlier this year, I think it was. Um, but they, we know that they can do that, and and I just felt that Vieira slotted in nicely, and everything that transpired from him was was a positive. So. I didn't really look at uh, Twitter as much as I normally do um, after this game, so I'm not quite sure what it was. But you, you just said there that you know that it was a, a bit of a, a mixed bag, and you know about him and his performance. But the only, the only negative I saw was his finishing, and that's not a bad thing. End of the day, we've got to remember this is his first start, isn't it? For for a while, yeah. Um, I can't remember if he's started had a first start in the Prem before, has he? Last yeah, um, he started he? against Southampton at home with the you know the three. Oh, okay. Um, right. Well, Brentford away. He had three starts last season. He had three total so, starts. So it's not a, a lot to go on, is it? And it's not a lot for him to to become acclimatised to. So I I don't think he had a bad game. And I think 
Well, the only interesting thing I would say about it is, obviously, we lost Martinelli early, and I wonder if that it would have been different with Martinelli. Now, um, look, don't get me wrong. I was so the positive for me with Martinelli's injury is seeing Trossard because I've been crying for him to play for a long, long time. So I'm glad that Trossard was on there. But I'm just wondering with, if Martinelli hadn't got injured, I would, would, have, would have been interested to see how uh, Fabio would have fitted in that role for the for the game. So that may have changed Arteta's plans unexpectedly. But having said that, I thought uh, you know he'd done all right. I was quite yeah. pleased with him. And and yeah, phys- physically, he, he just looks better, doesn't he? Than he has done. He doesn't look a lot bigger, but he just, there's something it's about him prepared, that, yeah. that, that more prepared, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the challenge. He had, you know, four shots, most shots in the game, but you know, like you said, a little bit wayward there, a little bit wayward with this final ball. But the fact that he's getting so involved in those positions, I mean, he only had 43 touches, which is a lot less than a lot of our players, but I felt in the key moments, he was actually, especially the key attacking moments, he was quite involved, even, even to the point where the, the goal came along and he played his part in that, so we'll get to that. But the next talking point, is the is the non goal if you like? Um, obviously, it's a first of all. What we should say is it's an absolutely fantastic ball from Pierre, and like you just mentioned, him and Martinelli link up, and an absolutely brilliant. I didn't even realise until I rewatched it how good because I I didn't celebrate because I thought it looked off. You know, it was one it was one of those ones where I'm like something's off here. Was Eddie coming back from? So I just sort of sat there, but I never rewatched. I was just sitting there waiting for updates on the phone or whatever. But um, I never rewatched. That, but the finish was sublime. I thought it was fantastic. Obviously, the frustration is it looks like in the process, Martinelli has pulled his hamstring, or maybe it was just after it. It looked like he didn't look quite right after scoring that goal. He was very muted in celebration and stuff like that. Um, but what was your thoughts? Sure, talk about the finish because it is brilliant. But obviously, it, unfortunately, it didn't stand. I think the decision's farcical, but what were your thoughts on it? Because the rule is. That it's if it's a the real concern comes down to it, is it deliberate or not, right? Because the deflection is if it's deflected without being deliberate, then it will still be offside in theory because um, of oh, that's the rule. I think it's a stupid rule personally, but um, the, the pro, I don't I don't really see how that cannot be deliberate, Neil. Like he's clearly tried to block the ball, hasn't he? Uh, I didn't even know about this rule. But I'll be completely honest with you. I have no idea. I, I was listening while watching uh, your WhatsApp messages come come through as I was watching the game, and I was a bit behind as well. Um, so I was really confused. I thought, what the hell is wrong with that goal? Firstly, just quickly, I mean, the finish is unbelievable. So well taken. And, I, and it's a shame because he didn't. He needed a goal, I felt, Martinelli. And more goal to score. And also, I don't know how that's going to affect him. I don't know how bad his injury is going to be. You know, it, it, it could have changed his, his uh, you know, his contribution to the team going forward immensely. If that had gone in, if that had, sorry, if that had been allowed, plus he did suffer an injury, it would have been really interesting to see his development over the next few games because I've really felt, I mean, he's been great. He's been tremendous. He's been one of our better players, I'd say. Uh, with, with his energy levels, etc. But I think he needed a goal, and it, it's just a shame. So that I, at the time, I was kind of more focused on him and how that's going to affect him now. And then you see him go off, and like, oh god, what's going on with us? How's our luck? What is this? You know, once again. And then we get into the nitty gritty of the goal itself, and you think, but deliberate or not, he's come off an Everton player. So how does that work? It just doesn't make any sense. 
and, and, and I, I just couldn't understand it. Yeah, whether he's got a training leg. I mean, they were talking about the uh, the handle as well. Now, Man United, right? This uh, when we we got that goal, didn't we? Given, um, and I thought, oh, are they just trying to balance balance it out here a little bit? Uh, but then you think about the the angles, and then even the commentators were saying that they haven't got the well, they've got adequate cameras in the stadium. How can they not have adequate cameras in the stadium? It's a Premiership game. You know, Goodison Park might be an old stadium, but it's a I mean, you know established historical club. I mean, come on, what's going on here? So that started really getting getting you know it was getting more and more frustrating for me. But at the end of the day, the le- whatever the rule is, it's come off an Everton player, Jack. And the way, way I've always understood offside, if it's come off an opposition player, it doesn't matter what the circumstances. Well, they, why are they talking deliberate or non-deliberate? And you're right. How can it ever be not deliberate? Because of, that's what a defender, that's what anyone is doing in that position. They're trying to stop the ball, right? So if it comes off them, it comes off them. It's as simple as that. So if they go yeah. by the rule book and that's the rule, which I didn't know about, fair enough, but it's a bit of a stupid rule. You're right. I, I well, it's not that. really. That, that's that's the problem. The rule is uh, is open to is a subjective rule when you read it. So it basically says, you know, if the ball was is not played deliberately, then you know it's it's offside from the player that passed it. But the the, the problem with this rule or the way they've interpreted this rule, and I can't believe they didn't deliberate over it more because they called the offside very quickly. For me, I, I'm not even sure they even looked into the details of it, whether it even came off an Everton player. What I think they just looked to the lines and when the ball was kicked from Gabriel and and called it. And I'm, I'm not arguing, disputing, if that, if that's the line, because obviously last week with Galacho, you know, you know, in theory those lines should be relatively accurate. The camera angle's dreadful. I agree with you on that one. So, but um, which makes it look a bit dodgy. But, but the point is, is it, I, I get the point of it being deliberate. Like let's say for example, Gabriel passed the ball and Decore was slide tackling and it came off his shin and flicked into, um, you know, Eddie's path. Then I would understand that, but. Gabriel's playing the ball out of right back. Beto um, sees that. Is it Beto or Decore? I can't remember. But they see that. The, the, the Everton player sees that. Clearly attempts to, to block it. So what are they saying? He deliberately didn't pass to Eddie and Ketio. I mean, no player from the opposition is deliberately passing to your own opposition. So it's a ridiculous rule. And the way they've interpreted it is ridiculous as well, I think. And it's frustrating because, like you said, Martin, you could have really done with that goal. He's been lively all season, but hasn't got a goal yet. And um, and we've lost a player to that and a goal to that. And the frustrating thing for all of it is that lifts. They, they were so quiet their crowd, but that, that gives them a huge boost, which which was undeserved, I think. Like the goal should have stood. Arteta said at the end of the game, the goal should have stood. Funnily enough, Sean Dyche didn't have any recall of it. Um, so like it was, it was it, it, it was tremendously frustrating in that moment. And I remember us talking at halftime, me, you, Mike, and, and James on the on the WhatsApp group, and just saying I can see this now. Just you know, us talking about this moment for for you know post game and going, oh, you know, this should have been given and stuff like that. And I was so sort of frustrated at the time, thinking we can't allow that to sort of sway our way of playing. And we it wasn't a classic, like I said, but it, they were so defensive. I mean, they were so abject they're they're such a poor side and they had no intention of coming out to play whatsoever really they had no I don't really recall any shot other than one in the first half from distance that went right straight down Reyes throat other than that beyond that I think all they had was a decore dive and I'll call it a dive where which was in the first half I think as well where he kind of dived over Saliba's leg 
and Deitch is saying that it's a penalty post game. And I'm like, that, that's a booking. I was upset with that because he didn't get booked. Not, I didn't even consider it being a penalty. I could tell he died from a mile away. But he, that was a booking, and that's where the frustration. So him saying it's a penalty is just typical anti-football corruption kind of thing. But, um, yeah, really frustrating at that point because we weren't creating a lot, were we, Neil? Um, do, do you worry at all in these games? Um, where the teams, teams clearly respect us 10 times more than they did last season. And Arteta knows that, I think. Um, do you worry at all in these games that they're just so negative, the opposition team, that we need to find ways of being a little bit more creative? Because we did create enough to win the game. Clearly, we won the game and we, and we probably should have won it by more, um, considering the goal that was disallowed and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel at all that we, we need to be trying to create more it can get a little frustrating especially early on in the game where you're probing for so long you feel like sometimes you're not really getting that that final chance or do you think it's just about being patient and mature like we were today really I think it's a bit of both depending on who we're playing if we're playing teams that are going to be you know blocking and having this uh, game plan like Daesh has had and there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to do that, do that against us because they know how devastating we can be going forward I think uh, patience is the key. I think a lot of the players have said that as well in post interviews and whatnot, and saying that you know the day we play to the final whistle and you know we never give up, and that that to me all just spells patience. You know, it can it can come late. You know, these winners or these goals can come late. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. I think the only the only concern is we're not creating as much as we were last season. We were unbelievable. Aside from the Manu game, which we should have won anyway, or should have, it should have been three one because of certain things. I just felt that we were unbelievable. We were mesmeric last season. I think number one because we've not seen anything like that for a while. So it was like hit us even harder, and it was just not so unexpected. But I just felt that our play was so much faster and and more put well put together and more fluid. And I think the reason why it's not so much this season is because of Kai Habits. And I know it sounds like another, he wasn't all out of even starting. I don't want to have go at digs at him. This is no, no good to us doing that. But um, I just felt because of his inclusion and not knowing how to quite play him and where to play him, I think that's disrupted us a bit. And to be honest, this is our first start without him, isn't it? So it's it's difficult to for the players just to adjust straight away and then be the way we were last season. And then plus we're playing Everton, which, you know, is going to be completely anti-football. I mean, they were terrible, Jack. I mean, you know, look, I'm not taking anything away from us because I thought we played a really good game at the end of the day. It was a very professional game. I think defensively, we were, we were great. Raya was great at the back, at the back comfortable, etc. But at the end of the day, it was hard to create anything against them because of the way they set up. So in a way, the way that we got the goal in the end and it was patiently driven, it was quite, 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 you know, we should take, take our hats off to them, really, and pat them on the back. I think we we will get games where the opposition are more you know open and we will be able to play our style. So I think it's early days to kind of be critical. I'm just thinking we haven't played as well as we can, and we're 13 out of 15. So I think it's great. I think if we can slowly progress and be amongst them or be amongst City more, it's more you know, which is probably going to be the 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 you know our biggest challenge potentially Liverpool, I don't know. They're a bit of an unknown at the moment, aren't they? But I think if we just stay with them, I think we're doing really well. So I don't I don't I don't think we should uh, worry too much because I think we just peaked too early last season. But I'd rather build up slowly and I'd rather be the underdog to be honest. So pressure's a little bit off us 
So I'm not worried about it, no, not at the moment. I don't know about you, but I'm not. Well, no, I think it's, um, you know, it's less eye-catching the way we're playing at this point, but it's definitely more um, effective, certainly defensively, I think. I watch it and I think it's more repeatable. We're playing players that make less errors because I love Thomas Partey. I really think he's a terrific player. But And I thought he was one of our best players this season until he got injured again, as usual. But he makes errors. In every game I watch him, he makes two of them. I mean, Community Shield, he made the error for the City's gold and there was one or two more we got away with in the first few games of the season. I'm watching him thinking he's fantastic. He's made two big errors here that could have cost us goals. And um, the one thing I would say with Rice, who was fantastic again, um, I think maybe he doesn't necessarily always play the harder pass. Like Party always seems to try to get the ball forward early, really press resistant. But Rice is, is m- much more solid. You're far more assured that Rice isn't going to make that silly area. He did have one issue today where he gave the ball away sloppily, but it's, it's more rare. It's much more rare with Rice from what I'm seeing. And I think, you know, we don't really know the extent of where Rice can go, whereas Party, we kind of have seen everything with him. So it's, it's amazing to watch games, Neil, where we'd be worried for the last, well, two years about Thomas Party going down and how are we going to play without Thomas Party? To the point where we're like, well, watching us without Thomas Partey and we're still super, really, really effective. In fact, we're watching it probably going, well, even if he's fit, I'm not sure if he starts at this point, possibly. And that's quite incredible, isn't it? I mean, maybe he would, but if he would, it would be probably in that inverted role because I'm not seeing him necessarily just chuck Rice back into sort of the eight role, maybe. Um, maybe he will, but um, it's a great option to have. But at the same time, it's just great to see that's how more, much the, the squad has developed to be able to just to, to, to see that. I mean, we've lost Timber, Parties, Inchenko, Jesus, Martinelli already this season. No one's talked about it. But Mikel Arteta um, never talks about, you know, injuries and, and, and making excuses for that. You see all the other managers discussing it this season. Man U, Chelsea, etc. Far more spent, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think, you know, it's credit to us, really. And like you said, we've had a lot more setbacks early on this season. Last season, we started really well, really fast. We're I say that, but we've actually got more points this season than we had last season, so that's quite good. But, um, but, you know, in terms of being easy on the eye, we were much more free-flowing, much more, more goals. But we also basically had a fit 11 for a very long time. We, 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 split, we didn't have really any injuries early on. It all happened later, didn't it? Whereas this season, slight concern is we do seem to be losing sort of one per game for, you know, a few weeks here and there and stuff like that. And it's a little bit frustrating, but we're coping with it really well. Like you said, if it's, it's definitely a, a more mature way of playing. It's not, I mean, I feel like that game yesterday, you've kind of seen Man City play that game multiple times where you're just like, they're just suffocating the other team and, and this game's going to be over pretty soon kind of thing. And it, it, watching it from my perspective, I'm always nervous, but if you're watching it as a neutral, I can't imagine you had much hope once we scored of Everton coming back into it, which is quite encouraging, I think. So, the goal, we've got to talk about the goal. Obviously, your man, Drossard. I feel, I feel like the move for the goal is almost being underplayed because it's such a sublime finish, which is fair enough. But what were your thoughts on the goal? What was your thoughts on the uproar about the, the corner? I do think it's a ta- I mean, it's definitely not a time-wasting thing because that's just ridiculous. The team with 80% of the ball and all the chances doesn't time-waste at nil-nil. It doesn't make any sense. But... I do think it was a tactical thing because even I was watching us take corners going, we're like waiting to see if something's going to happen before we take it and we take it at the last second kind of thing. So I just wonder what your thoughts were on the goal and the way we were playing in terms of set pieces. It was definitely tactical. Uh, they were talking about it 
so much uh, post game, which I thought was a little bit unfair. It was great because Theo then Theo's by the way Theo is a revelation as a pundit, and he's so pro Arsenal. He he's, he does it almost the opposite way. Wright does it because you know Wright loves Arsenal and he's trying to be as impartial as he can, but he just can't be. Now Theo's doing it in a kind of it's just so funny watching him because you can see he's pro Arsenal, but he play underplays it. But he comes up with these one liners now and again, and yesterday was no exception. It's almost like he was. Because you keep talking about the corner and the, the so-called time wasting, but actually, let's talk about the goal itself. You now, what a wonderful goal! And I, I just thought he was brilliant. And that's he summed it up. I mean, the, it's not time wasting. You're right, Jack. Because why would we be time wasting when we're chasing a goal? That, that makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever. There's no time wasting at all. Why would we be deliberately trying to slow the game down when we haven't even won the game and we have to win the game? It just yeah, whatever. You know, come on. Get real. It's not time wasting. Definitely strategic. Uh, they were talking about it. I think who they did. They who was interviewed, and they were said, "Yeah, Trossard." And he and I think they asked him a question, and they said, "Yeah, we we do do that in training." And it's almost like they were trying to figure out the movement of the Everton players, just watching and watching and watching. When can they execute this? And they were all mate, a lot of them were all well, most of them were short callers, weren't they? So I think it was definitely yeah, eleven callers, eight eight went short. Yeah. There you go. So I think it was definitely part of the plan. But when you watch it and you watch the entirety of it, just the build-up to them, them taking their time and then the execution and the movement and the passage of passes, you can see what they were trying to do. And I think it was the only way to try and get that moment, that's, that, that time where a particular player could have the chance to, you know, to, to, to try and put the ball in the net. But he actually said, Trossard even went to say, as far as to say, that that particular move, even as far as Saka's assist for him to one time, the, the, you know, the, the ball into the net, is something they practice too. So it's almost as if they were doing a dress, they rehearsed it. It's crazy to think you'd, you'd be able to execute that in a live game. But they did it. And, and all the players involved in that, and I can't remember all, all of them now because I've only watched it back once, I think it was, but just seeing them all, the way they moved the ball around to give themselves the opportunity to find the space, to have a shot, was incredible. Um, and the finish, it was almost like a blindsided finish. It was a one-time, he wasn't even looking at the goal when he kind of, when he makes the first touch. It's just, he just knew it was there. It's, it's, and that's, you know, I've always said that um, you can have a good striker and then you can have a natural striker as well. And I think he's that because he instinctively knows where to be and where the goal is. Uh, and, I, and I thought that was a wonderful thing from him, and he sort of did a similar, similar scored a similar goal in international duty, didn't he? And then that goal was great as well. Um, and he just replicated it, and it was amazing. And this is why I feel that he should be getting more time because he's a real asset to have, and he can he can change a game in a second. You talk about game changers, you know. We needed a goal, right? We we had the we had the authority. Everton weren't doing much, but we weren't breaking through, Jack. We mentioned earlier about Fabio not maybe maybe scoring, could have scored a couple of goals where he didn't. Um, I think Odegaard had a, a, there was a great move that led to his shot, didn't it? That went straight to, to the goalkeeper. So, you know, we weren't breaking through. So you need someone like Trossard that could potentially do something magical. Um, but I thought it was a great finish. It was a great build-up. I mean, you might have said a little bit more to sell the builder, but I just thought that it was so planned and it came, came to fruition it's difficult to replicate in a live game. I was astounded by it, to be honest. Yeah, it was weird because I was watching the game 
And we had a lot of corners. 11 corners is a lot for one game. And I, I was watching it thinking, we're definitely tactically doing something different from these corners. I noticed the slowing down to try to see whether we should take it short or not, which which makes sense, you know. In a, in, you know, it's basically a basketball team we're going up against. So we didn't have the tallest team out there either, no Havertz and, and things like that. So... So it made sense. It looked like when we were going short, we were trying to feed Vieira on the edge. That's what it looked like from a lot of the, t- lot of the corners. And it looked like we did that this time. He got closed down so quickly. He did really good. It was just play it back into the to, to Odegaard, I think. And and then all the moves started, and it, and it was fantastic little fast pass moving and looked very, yeah, looked like they trained for it, basically, at that point. And um, like you said, I mean, the, the finish, the way he opens up his body, it's bobbling. It's not an easy take at all. Um, you know, it shows he can he can do it with both feet, and I agree with you. I think he's one of our most natural finishers we've got for sure, and it's going to be good. It's going. I mean, his overall play was interesting because he does like to come inside more, so he doesn't really mimic what Martinelli does. I almost feel like Nelson will mimic what Martinelli does more in terms of like like for like pace and energy. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, if Nelson gets a little bit of those minutes too, especially with three games a week coming, will he play one of the next two? Maybe Nelson does stop in midweek because it, it feels like those are the two that are there to, to come in if Martinelli drops out. But Trussard's just going to get so many minutes because anytime someone picks up something or he's tired in the front three, I, I expect it to be him to come in probably and will shuffle along or whatever because he, he's the one knocking down the door mostly. And like you said, that's why, because he's got that experience, he's got that ability. So it was really good to see. It was just, I was so excited when we scored. I was like, that's it now. That Now they've got to come out. They've got to come out five yards at least. You know, they didn't really come out much more, did they, at all? Um, but the game opened up more for us because, you know, you could tell they were getting a little bit frustrated at that point. The fans were getting on their back at that point. Um, so when, when Jesus, I mean, Jesus was already on when Trossard scored, I think. But, but you know, him coming on really opened up the game as well. I felt, and Eddie was a... He, he was a little bit quiet, quiet. I thought he could have done a little bit better with one chance he had and he took an extra touch. And he, he feels like in these games, so I'm going to cough here, <laughs> he feels like in these games where it's so pending, I'm not certain he's great for those games always because I don't always trust him as much in small spaces. Um, so I feel like it probably was more of a Jesus game, but I understand why he started. He probably deserved it. Jesus still coming back to fitness. I think it's quite wise to build him back in. Maybe he gets to start in midweek, or, or or certainly I probably expect him to start the, the derby at the weekend. So be very interesting. But after that, you know, it was really quite comfortable. I mean, we had more chances. Odegaard had a very good shot again, saved. I think um, we had, you know, we should have, we should have won the game by more. I think. And they didn't really test us at all. Maybe we had a few more long balls and things like that, but we handled them really well. Saliba and, and Gabriel were were fantastic again at the back. When you bring Tommy Asu on, you just know that's, that our intention is to sort of shut up shop. He's our he's our modern day Rob Holding, but but much more effective, you know, and, and better on the ball and all those kind of things. No offense to Rob Holding, so it was um it was really really. Impressive to see, to be honest. Who was your man of the match, Neil? Because there was a few players that I thought did really well. But who, who was your man? Who, who nicked it for you? Well, that's, that's a, it's a hard one because um, I thought, like you mentioned Rice earlier, I thought he was he was quite uh, effective again. It's not just um, course I'd won it because of the goal, probably. But yeah, I think so. I think so. But I. I just wanted to quickly mention Rice because I thought that he's so good at um, 
they win the ball back, if they're even if, even if even if they've got the ball back off us, and then he just comes, he's just there. And you think, oh god, he's going to be giving us a foul or a Kai's going to get carded, but he's so effective in how he does it. He's so good at breaking up play; it's unbelievable. Um, uh, so I thought he was effective in what he did. I felt the defence was very comfortable. Initially, I have to say, I think I was saying on the WhatsApp group, if you remember, I thought Zinchenko was playing really well. I mean, some of the passes, yeah, it was oh terrific. my God, oh, yeah. wonderful stuff. It was almost back to his old self. I felt like this is the best I've seen him play for a long, long time. You know, after the, the crazy start that we had with him, uh, and we were waiting do you remember, I think, um, when then Jesus went off injured and then he went and we thought, are these two going to get to play together? Because, they, you know, when they first started together, we were so awesome. Um, I thought he was best back to his best. So there were a few, I thought he was up there. But I think Trossard probably, I think it's because of the goal and the difference that he made. End of the day, he won us the match. Um, so I, I, I'm still going to you know how much I love Trossard. Deserved, yes, 100%. And, and it, would do, it would do well for him as well as an individual to get that win, to, to get the winning goal, sorry, and then to get the man of the match. I think it's going to be great for his motivation and his confidence. So I, I agree with it from that point of view, but I think there were two or three other players which were probably up there. I thought Zinchenko was good. I thought he was effective. I thought Rice was very good, although he was kind of more the unsung hero, I think, yesterday. Um, so, yeah, but overall, overall yeah, I, I tend to agree with it. And Raya, what a debut. You know, I know it's easy to say that Oh, Everton weren't doing much, so he wasn't under the under pressure. And you know what? What did we really see of him? But the way he commanded the, the goal was amazing. Yeah, um, I thought he was just who, who who mentioned it. One of the chaps on the group so that it looks like he's been. It might be new. He used to say he feels like he's been with us for years. He just slotted in. It didn't feel like a debut, did it? It felt like he's knows the team inside out, and he's been there for a long time. It will be really interesting to see where he goes with this whole situation now. Very yeah. interesting, I think. Yeah, he had 94% pass accuracy, which I want to say is very good for a goalkeeper, but I haven't got the date on it, especially after he played nine long balls as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was basically a faultless performance. He didn't have tons to do, but what he did do, he did really well. I was very impressed with him. I mean, I've always been quite impressed with him whenever I've watched him. Um, but yeah, like you said, he, he's coming in for, for a reason. He's going to play. He's, he's going to play a lot. Not sure when it's going to happen fully maybe it's now feels like it's now feels like it's now because that's a big call to make a change to your goalkeeper after five games I think but um, but you know that that is possibly one of the most ruthless things Arteta has done if, if, if that's the case you know but time will tell whether he really truly believes in the rotation stuff and maybe the Champions League group stages allows him to do that in the short term but once you you know if you make the knockouts and stuff like that um, it'll be really interesting. It'll be really interesting if he truly believes that in the Premier League, like is he looking at you know, home games as being more for a certain goalkeeper and away games. I, I'm not really believing that. I'm struggling to believe that, to be honest, that he, he's going to consider rotating for Premier League games because each team turns up a little bit tactically different. I think when you're like us, we play so similarly. You know, it doesn't matter the different formation or different personnel. We play so similarly in every game. It's so like, quick to identify what we what we do. It doesn't feel like something where you're going to rotate the goalkeeper. I know he mentioned, you know, I'll rotate Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really believing that at the goalkeeper level. I, uh, you know, that's more for a fitness thing, isn't it? 
that's more you know you rotate Jesus and Eddie because you know they're outfield players they're, they're, they're you know you, goalkeepers just doesn't feel like certainly not in the league that you're going to be rotating week in week out but maybe the cups you know maybe he was waiting for this for two games a week to come up and he knew he could keep him happy for longer but I think he knows there's a there's an end point to it you know to, I, I think so. But, but maybe we're wrong, mate. It'll be very, very interesting on that. But I think I agree with you. Zinchenko, a couple of times sloppy, but his invention on the ball, his desire to make the hard pass, but then really effective. A couple of ones over the top, out wide, and all that kind of stuff. He's just so key to our play. He's so, so important to our play, I think, Zinchenko. And, you know, yeah, he definitely has those moments where you're like, ah, oh, but he's so good going forward. You almost have to have to allow for that a little bit, you know. And then hopefully, hopefully he, he starts. So he, he's not really had a pre-season either, Zinchenko. No one really says that, but he never really had a pre-season. So he just rolled back in and everyone just expects him to be the Zinchenko we know. But, you know, he might need a little bit as well. But I thought Odegaard was great as well. I mean, I think Rice, Odegaard, Zinchenko, they were all terrific. But I thought Odegaard was very, very good on the ball. Just, yeah, shooting a little bit. Could have probably, should have probably come away with a goal. Um, I think he had one on his right foot that he took. They went straight down Pickford because Pickford's an absolute joke if you put it either side of him, and he's rubbish. Um, what's your thoughts now before we go on? Um, obviously, two big games coming up, but can't really talk too much about the lineup for the weekend's game because we don't have to focus on the, the Champions League game. I mean, back in the Champions League, it's been what six, seven years out of the Champions League, uh, you're supposed to be going. Um, great! It's great to be back back in 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 the Champions League. We've got PSV, um, PSV Seville and Lons, is it in our group? I think um, so. It's an interesting group. People say it's a it's Europa League group. I won't necessarily go that far. I don't remember having a group games against Seville and PSV in the Europa League, but obviously we had one of them in the group game. So it's still a tough group, I would say. PSV are top of their league, unbeaten. Um, what, what what do you see for this? Do, do you, obviously, we're not going to rotate anywhere near as much as the Europa League. Um, do you think? Do you think he just goes in and rotates three or four? Um, how do you think we approach this? Because you, you want to be he's he's going to take it seriously. Even the Europa League, he actually rotated less than we thought he was going to. He, he, he would always we'd always be like, oh, he's going to rotate seven or eight. And he would rotate less. So I think the match we probably can think of is maybe a three rotation or something like that. I, firstly, uh, there's no such thing as an easy game, no chance. They're all tough. I think the only way we can say we've come out, come out well in this group is because of the travelling aspect. Uh, there's no majorly, ridiculously long journeys for the players to have to endure. I think because they're all neighbouring European countries. I think that's where we. I think that's where we can say we've been lucky uh, with the draw. But they're not easy to. I'm sorry. I don't. If anyone goes, oh, that's an easy group, no, it's not because. No, at this level, there's no such thing as an easy game. I don't think. I think. I think. I think it's 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 tough. The Champions League is definitely going to be tougher than Europa. Um, you know where we were probably guaranteed to go quite far in Europa, and we did. We should have won one of those cups. I think one of those. We should have really won it. Um, we never did. So I think um, number one, because we've been absent for so long, we've got to make a good impression on the rest of Europe. We've got to we've got to start start off well. So I don't think he's going to go with anything other than the strongest team that he could possibly field. Um, obviously, Martinelli now, I, oh, I'll be shocked to see him. We don't know the extent of his injury yet. We don't know how long he's out for. So let's just assume he's not going to be there. So we're going to obviously see a change with that one straight away. So I'll probably trust him to start, I'm guessing. 
for that. Uh, I think he'll start Jesus, Jack. I, I, I just want to say, Eddie, to be fair to him, initially, I think it was right at the start of the game, he did a couple of back hills, which were great. They were very pleasing. That was pleasing to the eye. We were talking about, we haven't been as pleasing, but that movement, which involved him, of all people, was actually really nice. I wish I wish one of them had led to a goal, because then that would have been, what a goal that he would have been involved in. But I think, to be fair, he will go with Jesus despite that. I think Jesus will start. I think Trossard will start. Um, toss up with Vieira and Fab, uh, Habits, though. That would be interesting. Not sure on that one. Um, we'll see. And then, I th- again, the, the goalkeeping situation, whether Ramsdale comes back in or not, that will be interesting. I think he will. I've just got this feeling yeah, Ramsdale will play again. I think he will, and I think it will, it will be crazy to see Ramsdale start and then Raya to come back against Spurs, because then that is true rotation between two competitions, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, 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 it's, it's very interesting. It's difficult to say. I don't want him to touch the defence. I want them to stay as they are. I yeah. really do. Only one could be Tomiasu, um, really. Unless you yeah. miss Gabriel for Kivio, but I don't see it. No, no. Yeah, but yeah, potentially Tomiyasu may may come on uh, or start this time. But it'll be, again, it's it's really... But the thing is, what's, what's nice about it, as I'm talking, I'm thinking what options we've got is so much better than we've ever had for so long. Yeah. You know, we, if we wanted our strongest team before, we were stuck, what, with 13 players maybe, tops? 11, 12 maybe? Now we can see already, by going through all different parts of the pitch... That we've got options everywhere, really, which is a which is a great thing. We, we're, we're forgetting Jorginho yeah. because of his Champions League experience. He could come into the midfield like you were expecting to, to for the Everton yeah. game. There's a possibility there. Um, I think the most interesting one for me will be the decision on Abbots. I, I want to see what he does with that. And how nine, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm nine. interesting on that one, but we because he's. He's again. He's another Champions League experienced chap, isn't he? He's, he's, he's effectively won Chelsea the Champions League, so I, I, that would be really interesting for me. I think he'll play. Whether, yeah, yeah, maybe. But then he might not play him at the weekend. So you yeah, know, that, that's what yeah, makes it interesting. Point. I expect three or four. I'm not sure. I think Ramsdale will be one. I think obviously Trossard for Martinelli, or, or it could be Nelson, but one of those. Obviously, that's a, that's a second change, and then probably you're looking at the striker position and maybe central midfield, whether it's Jorginho or, or Havertz or whatever. Yeah, like you said, Jorginho very very experienced on the on the ball. And I feel like the European games are a little bit different, right? Um, obviously, PSV are going to be much more um, imaginative and attacking than than Everton. So, which is nice to a degree, where because you know you're playing against a team that actually wants to play some football, but but um, it'd just be amazing to be to be back in the Champions League. But obviously, we've got we've got to win that first game. It's really really important that we win. We have to. And then and then, of course, it's the it's the North London derby, which we can't get into too much because, again, like you said, we can only focus on on one game. But they've got a full week to rest. They're playing really well, aren't they, under their new manager? So it's going to be a really really tough game. But what's your predictions for the two, Neil? Before um before before we go, um, what's your prediction for PSV? At home and on Wednesday, and then I think it's uh, it, it Spurs at home on Sunday, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Um, I'm going to go two 0 PSV. That's something I'm going to at home. Yeah, yeah, at home. That's something I made. We had to clean sheet on yesterday. I made at home. Sorry. So two 0 PSV. Uh, I think it'll be a good uh, good start for us in that competition. I think we've got to make sure we're authoritative in the. Uh, yeah, we are good away in the Prem. 
it's going to be a different kind of fish in, in Europe. We've got right. to make sure we, we show that our authority at home in the home games in the Champions League. So I, I, I really want us to be almost like a fortress on Wednesday, uh, just shut them out. And they're going to be, I think they're, they're going to want to go for it. It's obviously it's excited for them, isn't it, coming to the Emirates? So I think um, 2 0 would be, would be good, would be solid. And First score. I'm, actually, I'm going to say Trossard again. Oh, nice. I'm going to say Trossard, but I, I want to see. I just wanted to quickly ask you, just before uh, the prediction for Sunday, what your thoughts on Saka? Because I'm still thinking, could he be doing, could he be, could we have him rest for a bit? Because I'm not seeing the levels of Saka that we're so used to. Obviously, yeah. he has the goal. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm just concerned, not with his ability, just concerned that just the guy need a bit of a rest. Because he did feature a little bit in the, in, with England, didn't he? He wasn't yeah. completely rested. I don't know what you're taking yeah. from that. Yeah, I would. I would like. I, I can't see us not starting him in in the first Champions League game, of course. Or in the, my, my concern is not that he gets rest from starts; is that we pull him off earlier. We we seem to play him like right. every ninety minutes, don't we? Rarely does he even get subbed off unless it's the last sort of few minutes. So I, I would like to see a Nelson come in at seventy. If you know, if if we're winning the game, you know, we have to be able to trust in in that player or, or someone else be able to do that and just save his legs a little bit that way so what I want to see I would love to see but obviously it depends on the game state is you know um, Saka comes off at 65 70 on, on, on midweek that would be something you know because the guy is you know like you said he's playing every minute of every game that that would be my concern obviously okay. down the road I think after these two you know they have Carling Cup and obviously that, that's where I'm expecting him to be rotated out but I, I can't see it too much but definitely I would love to see it more from the subs bench in terms of you know during game so yeah I yeah. agree with you yeah fair enough uh, Sunday wow that is uh, unexpectedly I'm, I'm they're playing well which is a shame yeah, it seems but like then the, the coach is doing well isn't he yeah it's yeah, fair play he is but to, to, again, uh, having said that, even if they'd lost their first five, I still expect to be a tough game. You can't, you can't legislate for a, for a North London derby or a Spurs derby. You just can't. Right. Form, I've always said form will go completely out the window. It's a difficult one. They're both going to be up for it. Everyone wants the bragging rights. It's always a nervy one for us, no matter how well we've been doing, whether we, where it's the older days where they were a nothing team and we were just brushing them aside. It's still always a bit nervy. Um, I don't like to do draw predictions. I just don't. So I'm still going to go for a win. It's going to be a nervy, tight affair. I can't not see them scoring, Jack. They always seem to, even when we smash them apart, they always seem to get. So I'll go, I'll go 2-1. It's a 2-0 PSV, 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs, I'll actually go with Saka to score first. 2-1 on Arsenal. Yeah. 2-1, oh God, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> No, um, fingers crossed. So I'll take that. I'll go uh, two one midweek. Saka. I'll go. I'll go three one against Tottenham. I'll go three one. Say um, I'll say Rice as the first score for that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I've watched them. They do. I mean, obviously they had a dramatic. Um, mm. they, they didn't look great actually this weekend. I watched a fair amount of their game and, and they didn't look great. But obviously they've looked pretty good over over the course of the season and obviously they, you know they're playing one game a week they've spent a fortune too you know I don't know why uh, the sort of you know the, there's this sort of underdog story you know surrounding certain teams they, they spent more than we did this summer and yeah. you know they, they, they've got one game a week I, I, I would be at the very least expecting them to be 
you know, battling for, for the top four positions. So not really understanding where sort of that sort of all, oh, you know, like, isn't it surprised to see um, them doing this and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, they, they definitely look like they're, they're more organised, they're playing more football. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But like you said, we've got to focus on the PSV1. It's a massive game for us, the Champions League. And then get your rest in and you think about the big one on Sunday. So, hey, either of our two results, taking them all day. So, but brilliant to get the win. I was very nervous going into the seventh game. I, I yeah. don't love after an international break being one of the last games. I don't love that either. And obviously a lot of the results weren't the ones that we wanted. Other than Manchester United, which was hilarious to us again. They're an absolute mess, aren't they? Which is fantastic. We really ruined them, didn't we? Um <laughs> So it's just brilliant to see, but obviously a lot of the other teams doing doing pretty well at this early stage of the season. But you know, you got to take one game at a time. What were your thoughts just before we go on? Vin um, I leaving, um, yeah, CEO of the club, uh, been with us for fourteen years, I think. Fourteen years. Um, yeah. Did do, do you have any? I mean, me and you don't. We don't on this podcast talk too much about the hierarchy. Certainly not above Edu. That might look a bit about Cronkies at times, but but um, it's hard to know how you replace that. I've seen some rumours about us being linked to certain people that aren't really involved in football, but like then I wasn't, right? He wasn't a footballing man uh, going into the position as far as I'm aware, but very young. Um, I, I just wondered, you know, we've, we've lost Steve Round, we've lost Vinay. Um, you know, obviously our team doctor's gone to, I think he's started with Man U now, he's left us. I don't know who's really taking that role on. Obviously we've got a lot of medical personnel, so. But um, I, I just wonder if you feel this is just part of the evolving sort of nature of all clubs eventually, you know, people leave jobs and move on and, and you replace it. Oh, as long as we're keeping the core together of Edu and Arteta, at the moment at least, that would be my my main concern. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it. No, I, I, I you know, thank you, you know, I'll just say thank you for his service, etc. But to be honest, until you just mentioned it now, I've completely forgotten. So that's how much it's affected me. Uh, I, I, I think it would have been more relevant if we were still in turmoil at the top. Right. I think that's settled down recently, hasn't it? Now, especially with the introduction of uh, the, the the good partnership that Edu and Arteta seem to have, the owners seem to be happy to allow them to do what they need to do yeah. to, to develop this team. So, I think if we didn't have that, I would be probably a little bit more concerned. But because we've got that, and I feel that we're already stable, I don't think that being nice if I just going to destabilize anything. To be fair, I think we'll just find a replacement, and it will just carry on as clockwork. That's my opinion. What do I know? Nothing, but that's how I feel. And as I said, you just mentioned it, I completely forgot. So it hasn't affected me. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, nah, I'm not too worried about it. To no, I mean, he's not leaving to the end of the season. So, but yeah, yeah. Not, not, not too fast. Like you said, the things like this change a lot within clubs. The main thing is your, your core guys are making the footballing decisions from our perspective. Because yeah. then I was more on the commercial side, wasn't he? So, you know, that, that that's what we want to keep together. So hopefully we do that, especially with Edu and Mikel, because I feel like we've got a really good, um, good, good partnership going there. So, yeah, absolutely. Neil, it's been a pleasure. At Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter, Purely Arsenal on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Get the podcast a little bit earlier. Um, no ads or anything like that on there. And uh, we like to sort of bump up the subscriptions. So appreciate it. So find us Purely Arsenal on YouTube at Purely Arsenal FP. If you've got to ask us questions or you've got any comments, feel free to comment on our Twitter page or on, on YouTube. And we'll be back. Don't usually do midweek ones, do we, on this podcast. We'll be back, hopefully, um, after the North London derby. Fingers crossed. Talking just positively. Um, up the Arsenal. Keep the faith, boys. Big week ahead. 